The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So the Buddha taught us about conditioning, about karma. It's another word for it. Somehow the Buddha had the capacity to understand it and yet provide us with a very pretty simple explanation in some ways, but also saying, don't even try to understand karma. It's too complex. And... So for me, when I, as a therapist, right, somebody working in mental health, when I learn about the science of the brain and I see these, this information that matches up with the Buddha's teaching, I just think, wow, this is just so, like, illustrative and, and confirming and, and clarifying for me. So some of what I share is, you know, flavored by my training, right? And so within the realm of evolutionary psychology and and neuroscience, conditioning is described as the process by which brains and bodies learn to respond emotionally to stimuli based on past experience. So, for example, a child's fear of dogs after a frightening encounter, right? Or feeling sick at the sight of beer after a previous night's experience, right? These are kind of just automatic things that happen. And a body memory, similar kind of thing might arise where certain smells can um, evoke nausea, right? So the body is having its own associative response to an experience. It has learned, it has been conditioned. This was paired with this. Boom, we get that. Um, so the body is remembering and reacting without conscious thought there's no thought that has to happen we don't have to have oh I'm smelling this for the nausea to arise the smell it occurs the nausea arises no there's nothing in here that's like consciously thinking it up right and then you know, this, this whole process is obviously very complex and below the surface of awareness much of the time. So I think it's really important to recognize that it's not our fault. We're conditioned humans. We get conditioned by TV, by driving experiences, by the people around that we choose to be around, and then there's those we don't choose to be around, right? And we get conditioned by all this. We're impacted. Our, you know, our being is set up to take in all this information and store it and use it for future reference. So when we have emotional responses to things or a lack of emotional response to things, um, kind of just need to understand the automatic nature of this is what happens with conditioning. We're conditioned to respond in a certain way. Don't take it personally. Right? Um, Another thing that's really interesting to be aware of when it comes to emotions is there's often a discrepancy between our thinking and our feeling. I know that this is fine, and I'm reacting as if it's not. You know? Have that happen? You know, there's this this 
this disconnect. And that, that goes on quite a bit, actually. A simple example is being frightened of a spider, despite knowing it's not, not dangerous. Very simple example of this. That's very commonplace. So it's, you know, also helpful to keep this in mind when we think about, you know, our own struggles, our own emotional struggles, right? That there's this complex network of things that have are contributing to where we're we're getting stuck or getting overwhelmed. Having compassion, that's what I'm going to talk about next week, is compassion and emotions. <laughs> you know, having compassion for this experience that we we have as a human being. And as we start to understand all of these and the complexity of this and we kind of start to recognize what our patterning is, we have a choice. We start to have choice. We can feel empowered. We can, you can start to see if you start to work on it, changes how you can recondition yourself. When one of my clients said, recently shared in a group, that she started to, um, so she was, she's sober from alcohol, and um, she was really struggling with going to the grocery store, and especially because you go in and there's all this alcohol, and it's all over the place. So she started to go, every time she went into the store and she saw the alcohol, she'd go, Yuck! And she just kept going, yuck, 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 yuck. And it helped, it changed it. And she shared it with somebody else in the group, and they tried it, and like, yes, I'm liberated, you know. But this is an example of personally choosing to recondition our association. It's really possible. It's really possible to take things that we're reacting strongly to and choose and work with ourselves to, have, to create different conditioning. So emotions really are, I like to think about them as energy, like just like, you know, biochemical energy moving through the body. And it's a, it's a communication system, and it's a result of both conscious and unconscious thinking, right, or conscious and unconscious associations. And, um, you know, it's part of the way... I think we get feedback about what we're doing in this little mind up here that's like, you know, making up all kinds of stuff. And uh, it's a way of getting feedback. You know, if we can track and notice, oh, how am I responding? What am I feeling my body? It's sort of like, oh, you know, we can start to use it as a skillful means, skillful kind of feedback for how are we thinking, you know, is our th- wait a minute? I'm feeling a lot of anxiety. What? Maybe I need to watch my thoughts a little bit more closely and start to notice what's going on in there that might be contributing. You know, what's underlying it, and then sort of, you know, turning toward this body, the experience, and sometimes by turning toward the anxiety with this openness. It just unfolds, it reveals itself, a memory will arise, or an association will happen, or, um, you know, we'll, we'll go, oh, it feels like there's a knot, you know? It's like, oh, okay, well, that's kind of what feels stuck. 
what's stuck for me right now? When we're working with the body, it's very important to have this receptivity, the sense of opening up, not digging, not blocking, but this receptivity to this, whatever's being expressed as a form of like listening to it and, and following it, actually. So as a therapist, I have this amazing, I'm just amazed when I watch people's bodies and I watch their kind of, you'll see cues when people are processing information and they'll might, they might start doing, you know, their head shaking no and they don't even recognize they're saying no. It can be that direct and that simple, you know. Like, oh, something inside of you is like, no, no, no. <laughs> and then bringing awareness to that can help really free somebody up, really free them up. It's also really important, I think, to recognize and have an understanding, and this helps our practice in all ways, to recognize that these sensations are impermanent. They're changing. And when we start to bring our awareness to the experience in the body, we start to connect and really notice how fluid our experience is. How fluid it is. And that helps because we. a lot of times, I know for me, I... I would I start to start thinking this is going to go on forever. And pretty soon I have myself so worked up. I'm just suffering. And it, I promise you I've never experienced anything that doesn't pass. It all changes. It'll stay, you know, get worse or it'll get better or turn into something else, but it will change. Things just change. So I'm going to pause here and just see if there's any questions. Do you want me to talk any more about any of these things or add something? Um, there's the mics, two mics on the floor. Yeah, great. If you don't mind saying your name too, that would be nice. Do you know how to turn the mic on? There's a little button. You push it and hold it until it's kind of in the middle there. Okay. My name is Nicole. Hi, Nicole. Hi. And uh, this is the first time after a long time. After mm, welcome back. I was part of this community for a long time, and then COVID happened, and then I stopped until last Sunday. Uh-huh. So I'm very happy that I'm back. <laughs> I <Yay>. needed it. <laughs> um, you're talking about emotion and mm-hmm. um I'm I'm dealing with a lot of stuff and families, siblings, and so on. And then um, when this emotion, I feel it, I can locate it, I meditate all the time. And then when I feel it, would that work to go to my conscious mind and feel it and Mm -hmm. look for reasons and go to the past or mm-hmm. what's why is that sometimes I don't understand the cause of it yeah and the only thing that I do is 
I think the only thing that has helped me is to just sit and yeah. meditate. Yeah. But there are times I cannot even meditate, and it's just so strong. Yeah. And I, I know it's very temporary, but it's hard to handle it. Yeah. And then it feels like it's permanent because it happens, sometimes it happens a lot of times. Yeah. So I, I didn't get it exactly what I need to do, when, how, how, to, how to look at it. Should I go, I mean, is it coming from past or is it coming from my prediction of the future or I'm trying to make it perfect Good so, questions. These are great questions, right? Yeah, and so we'll do a clear. Yes, yes. And I don't think there is a clear answer. No, I couldn't answer that, right? Could I, I? But you're bringing up all the questions that are the right questions, right? Which is, is this past? Is this present? Is this about futuring? Is this, you know, what what is going on here? And. So we'll do the raft practice, which actually is a guide for helping, in particular, with recurrent, persistent emotions or difficult thinking processes. You can use the raft practice and for anything, but you don't maybe have to go through the whole process. Just recognize, right? Which is number one for, like, most emotions... I feel like they need to be seen and kind of named or recognized. There's a way that they're a messenger, and we need to get the message, you know? And so kind of just starting with a simple noting of, oh, you know, you may not have an exact name for it, or you may, and you try on the name and notice what happens. And sometimes it's like, oh, wait, it's not that, you know? So you just kind of start by recognizing what's happening. And then you notice your relationship to it. And this is where, this is really important because if we're resisting what's happening, it's going to affect how it unfolds. We're actually adding aversion, right? And that's that's a whole other thing. So... For me, then I want to start to look at the aversion or the resistance because that's sort of on the top. That's going to block my access to being with the emotion, right? And so, but the goal is here, what can we be with? What can we allow ourselves to be with? What can we sit down with and have tea? Or just let it coexist at the very least, and not in a blocked way, but in a way that allows us to experience, you know. And so those are the first two steps in the raft process. And sometimes that's all that's needed. It's just a simple, like, you know, like a just, a, oh, that was a flash of sadness that came up because of, you know, just a little story that happened and it touched me. And I just needed to, you know, I was just there and gone. And that's all. It's there's nothing more that needs to be done. It's just simple. The I guess I missed this I should say that the recognize, allow, and then there's a feeling which I've been embedding in this, but that's the 
the next part of once we recognize we can be allowed, and it can all happen at the same time. Sometimes our mind is doing all of it all at once. So this is just really a way of trying to talk about all the different things that are happening. And sometimes it's in consecutive order, and sometimes it's multiple things. But this feeling, this sensing, that receiving the sensations to me is, is really important. It's a really important part of maybe the equivalent of a digestion. When you eat food, the body digests the food. And somehow maybe to me it feels like feeling the emotions is like allowing them to be composted, digested, processed, you know, sort of allows them to transform. And the the body knows how to do that. You know, I don't know how to do that exactly. But I know that if I'm receptive and I let myself be with it and I have clarity in my mind, this is everything. If my mind is aversive, if my mind is greedy, if I want more, 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 this this process of it moving through in a simple way doesn't happen. If I'm feeding the anger, if I'm feeding the resentment, it, and I'm still in the mental loop with that, it is going to continue. So this is where we really, this feeling part is like trying to turn toward the sensations directly. Be with them in a very simple way, without the, the story. Just the, oh, burning or tingling or tightness. Just as simple as, as you can be with them. And then there's teasing apart, which is part of where, what you were asking, do I need to? Do I need to, like, ask myself, is this past, present, my future, you know, do I need... And when we find something is persistent and it's not moving through, we may need to create space in this way. For me, I imagine it as, you know, for me it helps each part to have its own place if I think of it all as having its own chair in a space as big as I need it to be. And so it's like, oh, there's this person is sitting here and that person is here and then there's this belief that I have, that they really should be doing X, and, you know, everybody should be doing Y, except for them, they need to do X, and, you know, like sort of just getting a little bit more clear, without a lot, without digging, because if we want to go in there and dig the mud up, we can make a mess, and we won't find any clarity, but if we take what rises to the surface what's already being offered up. It doesn't dirty the waters. It just makes space for these things. And then we tease them apart, and we kind of... Then we see that it's, you know, just like all of life, is a quilt, it's a, it's a mosaic, it's a compilation, a composite of all these different things coming together. And somebody said last week, they, he said when we did this party, it was like, Oh, I was trying to feel all these different things at the same time. I can't, of course I'm confused. I can't feel all these things at the same time. Right? They're conflicting, and it feels like I have to choose one, and then we're bouncing around. And No, no, just everything can have its place. We can, we can go to each part in turn, give it our attention, give it space. Oh, yeah, and then there's my fifth grade memory, you know? There's that too, you know? And so, but allowing it, again, it's like letting it rise up to you, to meet you. 
and to see it and then to, to honor it and give it space. And the last part is to trust. So once you have gone through this process, it's really important to, really this is about building your faith in the practice. What can you trust about what you've discovered? What can you trust about what you've experienced? How did the Dharma, how did the practice make things more clear for you? How did it give you more freedom? And that, that's, that, that's where we can, for me, where trusting is about letting go. This practice is all about letting go. And, and resting in that trust builds and becomes you know, faith, and then it becomes confidence. You know, and that's very powerful for our support for our practice. To start to have the confidence that I can sit down like you do and be with these emotions. And then, you know, to have feel like maybe this practice will help you feel like you have a little bit of a pathway how to work with it now. Some of the things that maybe you haven't been sure, you know, about. How is that? Am I answering your question? Yes, very much, yeah. Is there anything I could make more clear? I think I just have to practice to yeah. let go and trust. I think the last part really yeah. sits with me. And I think I'm pushing for solution. Mm-hmm. I'm pushing for resolving it yeah. instead of being with it and hold it and observe it until I feel comfortable and then I get up. Yes. <laughs> yes. So that definitely helped me thank you so much great great so yes Jill can you can you bring Jill the mic thank you I am confident intellectually I I understand a definition of a thought and a definition of emotion and they're quite distinct but the more I try to work in this realm, the more confused I am about the distinction. Mm-hmm. And not only the relationship, but there are times I think I'm just thinking, but I rarely can have thoughts without emotions yeah. coming. So that, And that sounds okay. I mean, that... I think a lot of people say, okay, that's fine. But the opposite can happen, too, where mm-hmm. I just get ambushed by an emotion, and then the thoughts... Tri- yeah. And I don't... I just don't understand that. I just... <laughs> and it's so... Um, I'm so... Um, uh, beholden to that. I, I, I'm... I feel tossed around by that yeah. because there are times I'm trying to be um, thoughtful. That's kind of a tricky word right now, but I'm, I'm trying to sit and process carefully or just be, and I get pushed around yeah. by trying to figure that out. And there are times I'll try to work with it, and 
I feel less confident when I'm done sitting with it than when I started. That and sounds really wise to me. Ugh, but it feels <laughs> bad. It, I mean, I, I always am hopeful that I'll come back and I'll revisit. But if it happens several times in a row, which it can, then I, I just, um, I, I, I feel tossed around. I just, I just feel tossed around. Yeah. Well, that's, I, I, to, to me, what you're, maybe what you want to look for is, do you have some idea that there's somebody who should be in charge here, and that if that person is in charge and really mindful, that they won't get tossed around? Sure. And if I could sign up for that, I would sign up for that. But I mean, I'm trying to yeah. like, get to like, what is it that I mean? Yes, this is this is conditioned experience. We are being tossed around. This is it. This is it. You know, this is samsara. This is part of why we do this practice. This is why we suffer. Is that it? You know, these things are going on, and they're not always so understandable. So it comes back to what is our relationship to seeing this. So for you, the question is kind of trying to feel into the part of you that doesn't like being tossed around, that doesn't like what's happening. That, is there a belief, a view, an opinion that should be different? It's mostly that there are times that I, I, it feels more settled at the time yeah. because for some reason... It seems to go not so much in an order, but I can, yeah. I, 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 I can absorb the relationship, yeah. and this leads to that, and then that sort of. Yeah. But there are times that it's just chaos. It's yeah. just, and it's so painful. Yeah. And I'm trying to yeah. be prepared, and I'm trying to be gentle, and I'm trying to be compassionate, and yeah. then I just end up all, yeah, all fatigued. Yeah. Just totally fatigued with it. Well, the the fatigue is probably. I mean, part of this again is looking at kind of just you. You're you're doing great practice, right? You're just this is great practice you're describing. I, I just step back a little bit and open up to like, what are you clinging to? What are you wanting different? Like, this is a great question, right? What do I wish were different right now? Okay, and that will help you. Find what you're clinging to. Because that's very helpful. Great. Yeah, because it's it's obviously fundamental, but I never call that back in. I, I keep thinking I should it should go forward. There you go. It should just progress but I'm forgetting that I'm trying I'm looking for something instead of like, oh I'm here, I'm gonna right. I'll let you you know. Beautiful. Okay. That's very helpful. Thank you. Very helpful. Yeah. So let's let's let you get into. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. All right. And then we'll get in small groups for a bit. It's kind of on those same lines, similar lines, but um, I think I'm really good at processing emotions that are caused by myself Mm -hmm. or like my actions or my choices you know I'll sit with it for some time and I'm out of it or like yeah 
but then oftentimes someone said something that was hurtful or someone did something and all those things unless i address it with them it just it's there i cannot get it out of my system and oftentimes you you can like you don't have the opportunity to do that right. you know That's um right. for example today i had a meeting at 1 pm and at the end one of my supervisors she said something that was out of line mm-hmm. and two other people noted mm-hmm. and i was immediately like you know like you clench up because you're like what and after the call i was like i really need to talk to her like this is not okay it crossed the boundary but she didn't have time all day so i've been sitting with it mm-hmm. and i'll be sitting mostly sitting with it till tomorrow till i actually get to talk to her yeah. so how do i get better at you know like calming myself down and handling the emotions caused by others without mm-hmm. actually like addressing it with them mm-hmm. because it feels like i'm in a cloud you mm-hmm. know like i'm mm-hmm. seeing things but there's this haze yes i know i'm i'm getting by i'm getting by my other mm-hmm. things but there's this thick cloud and yeah i cannot i'm not as i would be when there's no cloud yeah yeah So I think part of the answer is we learn how to practice self-compassion. We turn we learn how to meet our suffering. You know, you're suffering. You're you're clinging to wanting res- resolution and, you know, um to be met and acknowledged and you know, to have somebody respect you, right? And um but this is where this is what the buddha calls maybe the optional suffering like there's the suffering that happened in the moment like ah uh, but then there's uh, between then and when you meet with your boss there's this repeating pattern of somehow you know kind of recapitulating rehearsing ourselves re kind of injuring revisiting in a way that is ruminating and it's um creating more and more suffering for ourselves. So one thing to look at is you you know the pattern. Can you when you recognize the pattern see how much suffering it's causing? And then sometimes wisdom starts to grow. It's like learning that the stove is hot so I don't want to touch it. And you might still have pain and uncom- discomfort will come up between now and meeting but you might be able to practice with this just by trying to stop making it worse just don't make it worse it's bad don't make it worse does it make sense there's a lot of rage in between that time yes yes it's so hard to like let go of it right so mm. You might be able to use this raft practice to help yourself process through a little bit more too, you know. Um and when you get to the teasing apart, you know, really notice your anger. Notice, you know, sort of your pattern, your history around this kind of thing and just let it all be there, you know. And um yeah, but like yeah, I hope you can 
relax tonight and sleep well, right? <laughs> so with time as it is, I would like to give you at least 10 minutes to meet in a small group. Would you like that? Yeah, it's nice. It's so nice. Sure. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I get it. I meditate at home, but it's not the same. Yeah. And it's quiet. There's no interruptions. Um, why do I feel so relaxed when I come here? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I could tell you my quick answer, which I will. Just, you know, for me, um, for me, uh, partly maybe it's our own, our nervous systems working together, calming and soothing ourselves. Partly, it's an association with the space. So this is emotional learning, conditioning. Right? This is part of witnessing conditioning. And there's other reasons too, I'm sure. But you bring your intention, you have your experience, you make these associations, but it's, this is seeing, this is seeing the nature of our hearts, minds, and bodies. Richard, you wanted to say something? Can you use the mic? Can you use the mic? Um, It was just a short quip about the song is the whole of the practice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Tell the story. Yeah. Well, I kind of, it's a, you know, the Sangha is important. I'll just say that. The Sangha and the Buddha said it was everything. So I'll just say it like that because I do want to give you space. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So why don't we do a couple, couple groups of three and one group of four? And just give you a few minutes. Just meet first, come together, say hi, share your names, share your a little bit about, you know, your relationship to IMC like you just did. So... Go ahead and just turn make your turn around and find somebody, some buddies, some bodies. Welcome each other. So did you um notice you know, I don't know if you got to the talk about the raft part, but were the did you have shared experiences where things were hard um, or tricky for you? Would you be willing to share with the with the benefit of many? Will you speak into the microphone? <laughs> That's right, Carol. Do you mind lifting the mic up and turning it on? And anybody willing to share, kind of about any areas where you saw people having similar difficulties or particularly easy or beneficial, this raft thing. So shy. Just shy. Just shy. There. I can hear the mic. Okay. Oh, say, well, she was going to share. You can hand it right beside you. Right beside you, Lyman. Yeah. And then Sally. Yeah, that's okay. You can go ahead. 
Oh, I, um, gosh. So uh, for me, it's, I struggle with the allow part. I'm all good with recognizing. It feels fun to try to, you know, kind of go like, oh, that's grief. That's anger. That's, you know, that's kind of a fun little process for me. And then actually letting it arise. You know, it's fine to let it arise, but then really letting it just really, you know, that minute and a half of letting it just go. I'm a very impatient person. And, um, you know, I'm always like, well, that's enough, right? We, we can be done now. That's good. That's enough. And, you know, and I, in my heart, or in my gut, I know it's not enough when it's not enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm impatient, and mm-hmm. I want it to be mm-hmm. finished. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's probably not a thing, but, you know. That's great, Sally. And, I, you know, sometimes when I find myself in a similar situation, I might need to then notice impatience. And then I'm sitting and feeling impatience. You know, and because it, it, it's, that's what's most present, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was just sharing with the group that um, pandemic changed many, many yeah. things in our life yeah. including everything is on Zoom mm-hmm. and that part I, I can do things like meetings and financial, some other classes but not not the spiritual practice, mm-hmm. not Buddhist practice so I really need uh, this environment to mm-hmm. to uh, to do more of the practice. Mm. So I'm happy. I should can thank Kyla that <laughs> she mm. encouraged me to come here and be here with you, and she was talking highly about you. So I'm happy that I'm here. Mm. And, um, <clears throat> yeah, one of my, my difficulties is uh, doing everything on Zoom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, uh, um, I appreciate the YouTube function mm-hmm. uh, that I can go and listen to Gail all the time, yeah. you and everyone else, and based on the subject. And that part uh, I really appreciate. So I'm learning, I'm learning much more. Great. Thank you for sharing. So we are eight, at eight, but I did have a poem. Do you have a minute to listen to the poem? And this poem um, really speaks to the teasing apart and the trusting. So just let it kind of wash over you. It's called Peace in the Middle of It All, and it's by uh, Rosemary Traumer. Memories pile on each other like leaves in autumn each one charged with sweetness or sorrow or worry or bliss. Soon the stack is over my head. I fall in the way a child might fall into the pile, letting gravity take me with no thought of catching myself from the fall. What surprises is that even as I am buried in memories, I am not crushed by their weight. Even as I roll in all the feelings they bring, 
there is a peace that does not leave, a peace that stays and asks nothing of me. I once believed I could only know peace when there was no tumult, no upheaval. Now, in the wild chaos of it all, I feel how peace is also here, a peace so constant that while I tremble, while I struggle, it breathes me. May peace breathe you and all beings everywhere. Thank you. And I'm here if anyone has any questions. <laughs>